This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of May 14th. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined on the podcast by childhood friend Joshua Hart. Josh. Hello, hello. Thank you, Will, for having me. It's so uh, nice to talk to you about basketball. I hope you've had a good week. Mother's Day. Mother's Day was great. What did you do for your mom? Um, uh, we went out to my brother's house. He lives in the suburbs, so we spent the afternoon eating and watching the Cavs get steamrolled by the Boston Celtics. Um, much So my brother's wife's mom is somehow a huge LeBron hater. Oh. So she was losing her mind, and me and my dad and my brother are on the right side of history and love LeBron and looked at her like she had horns growing out of the side of her head. But had to keep it quiet. It was Mother's Day. How about you? What did you get up to? Uh, I was working today. Today is Sunday, Mother's Day, so I went home yesterday, and uh, we made dumplings, and my grandparents are actually going off to a cruise to, like, see Alaska and stuff from from San Francisco. Yeah, I know that cruise. That's a crazy cruise, man. Every time I I, I think of old people on a cruise, I always, like, instinctively think of Titanic. Hopefully that doesn't (laughs) happen to my grandparents. And, you know, if that does happen, I hope my grandma has some sort of, like, expensive necklace that falls to the bottom of the ocean. And But, I mean, hopefully none of that happens. But, anyway, it was a great Mother's Day. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got them some potted flowers and stuff. And yeah, that's, I feel like that's the go-to gift. It's like, hey, Mom, I went to the garden center at Canadian Tire. Here's $25 <laughs> worth of flowers that will be done. I'll have you know, I went to both Home Depot and Lowe's to try <laughs> to find the specific thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, excellent, um, Josh. Uh, you know, I, I've I have like a regular like you know rotation of people that I usually generally call. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, like everybody was really depressed about the Raptors. So I have to really commend you um, on a not being depressed, too depressed to talk about the team, and also be like not uh, being too busy, but also like you know. We had also, we had we I, had very passionate conversations about what's been going on the last couple of weeks because you know a lot's been going on. And it's been a crazy few weeks for Raptors, and I, I also appreciate being here. 
you know, you have real uh, sports professionals. I am not working in this industry, but I love the Raptors. I love talking Raptors with you, so it's it's fun to go off. But yeah, crazy week. It started with you know LeBron dispatching everyone on summer vacation, <sighs> and then ended with this sort of weird referendum on how terrible the Raptors were. Because I, I can't believe this is all one week. Yeah, it's been. It everything's happened. Yeah, Game Four was like Monday. Monday. Yeah. And now we have to go back into work this Monday and think like, oh, well, if, if the Raptors lose to, by 20 to Cleveland and then lose by 25 to Boston. Mm-hmm. But it's maybe a rock rock beats scissors beats papers beats rock because we, I think we work in the Celtics. Like we, we're a much better team than, the, than them, but they seem to really have figured out how to play the Cavs. I know it's one game, but... Mm-hmm. The Cavs also completely demolish us. It's very confusing. And I'm hoping that you have some illumination because I don't know what to think. Is Are the Raptors good? Was Dwayne Casey rightly fired? Should the um, Raptors try to go out and convince Tyron Lue to come over here? What is going on, Will? Um, I mean, the Casey thing is a whole separate thing. But mm-hmm. I think um, a friend of the podcast, Sirut Sohi, um said it best when she said this feels like the Raptors getting swept 5 nothing." because <laughs> like like wh- why like the Raptors weren't even playing and somehow we took a bigger L than the Cavaliers than anyone else because like it's a really bad look that um, you know Indiana succeeded against the Cavaliers now um, you know uh, the Celtics succeeded against the Cavaliers and I guess there was some thought that like you know this might have just been a LeBron-only problem that the Raptors were fine. But then when you see that LeBron is struggling against these other teams, um, and who knows what the rest of the series goes on. Of course. But, like, when you see this happen, you, you, you really can't help but wonder why the Raptors look so incompetent. I mean, in terms of just, like, the strict basketball stuff, like, the stuff Boston does really well is they have a really, like, versatile roster. They have so many mm-hmm. of those wings. And then, like, they're really physical off the ball, right? Like, Yeah, so, absolutely. Marcus Smart is going to be a terror this uh, I hate... You know what, though? Like, I just I just look at the Celtics guys, and I'm like, that guy's a better defender than the Raptors. That guy's a better than defender on his counterpart. Like, Rozier's yeah. a better defender than Larry. Yeah. Um, Tatum is like infinitely better than DeMar, even though he's a rookie, just infinitely better. I would say OG and Jalen Brown are about the same, so that one's okay. But like yeah. Horford's way better than, you know, Ibaka. Baines is better than JV. Like it's crazy. Like up and down the roster, like they're all better defensively. And they have also a lot of other options. Like even Marcus Morris, like he bragged about like, hey man, I defend LeBron well. And he did it really well. Like, he did an incredible job today, <laughs> which was Ugh. Wild to see because LeBron didn't seem like he it was he was shook, mm-hmm. but routinely he's pulling up from forever away and making a terrible shot. It was nuts to see the effectiveness of Boston's defense on LeBron. I've never I I wasn't prepared to see it to like I was expecting Jr. and Kyle Korver and Kevin Love to maybe cool off, but LeBron to do what he did last year and try to get his, mm-hmm. but he was settling for bad shots. All game, and it was nuts to see. Yeah, and I think LeBron does do this. Like, there's a history of LeBron taking game one off a little bit, and even against the Raptors, LeBron was yeah. not good in game one. Yeah, you're right. Um, but you know, like he kind of like used that. I mean, the Raptors kind of just choked that one away. Like, if we didn't play so poorly in the fourth quarter, we'd probably get that one game, and who knows mm-hmm. what happens. But um, like game one against Indiana, LeBron got smacked as well. They lost that one by 18. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think LeBron like sort of takes his time and just looks at the series. Like he used to lose to the Bulls, always came. Yeah, always we'll talk game about the Bulls. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I just I think it's just a little bit depressing because like it just you can't again as a Raptors fan you can't really watch these playoffs without thinking about it in the context of like you know how do the Raptors perform in these scenarios and even simple things like when the Cavaliers ran those like little split cuts where LeBron holds the ball on the post one side and there's just a bunch of cutters cutting on the other side like Love cutting you know Corver or whatever and like the Raptors just struggle with it time after time after time and the Cavs were just getting to get easy buckets Whereas, yeah. like, none of that happened in against the Celtics, no. and maybe it'll happen later in the series, but one team looks way more regimented than the other team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the Celtics, the Cavs didn't seem to get any sort of penetration on the Celtics defense, and that mm-hmm. was that was a, very, a big difference from the uh, Raptors series because it seemed like, yes, you had their shooters uh, lighting us up, but it seemed like whoever wanted to get to the – Rim could do it against the Raptors, and it was tough to see. It's yeah. nuts to see the Celtics play this well because I, I don't like anyone on that roster. It's it's really upsetting, man. It's just yeah, upsetting because we beat the Celtics, and I would feel as though we'd be beating the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, you just you live with a hand you're dealt in life. But yeah, it's been today. Yeah, all the slander Raptors fans have been catching today and throughout the weeks. Uh, Seeing Casey's firing after his big day mm-hmm. has been rough, man. It has not been fun but by any means. I think this is what it must feel like to be John Wall. Just anytime you open Twitter, people are clowning him. <laughs> but I'm so happy we John beat the Wizards. I'm so happy that we at least beat the Wizards. It seemed to be the only good thing that happened this this postseason is being able to beat the Wizards. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, so th- that was Monday. The Raptors losing game four, um, just like completely falling apart. Demar has an awful series. Kyle, after, after you know, after he had a great game three to you know nearly lead the comeback, Kyle has like four points in the elimination game, and like everyone looks bad. You know, the next day they're cleaning out the lockers. You know, Demar is saying things like, you know, uh, he doesn't know if he'll have another chance. This team will have another chance to. Um, you know, make another run at LeBron, yep. which, you know, you can't help but think that, like, shit, man, they, they might actually stop believing in this team and kind of rebuild. Uh, and then, you know, it's a bit of a wild turn on Wednesday. Um, you know, both Masai and Dwayne Casey coming to this uh, podium. Um, Dwayne Casey's talking about we, talking about how he didn't really feel like his job was in danger, even though this report on Tuesday that his job was in danger. And then, you know, fast forward to Friday and then, bam. Dwayne's gone, and like it's like, all right, this team's really going to change. And um, you know, we and I exchanged texts, and we felt like it wasn't necessarily fair to Dwayne that he lost his job. I mean, like, what were your emotions when when you found out that you know, you know, we we, we let go of Dwayne? I mean, I believed in the pound the rock era, like seven years ago when Dwayne arrived. Yeah, I thought that we it was it was really the. Um, beginning of something great, and I think it absolutely has come true. These have been the best years in, as a Toronto Raptors fan since the Vince era, and even brighter days than those. Um, so it hit me sort of like, it was like, oh, this is rough, because he just had the coach of the year, and there was all, it seemed in that initial press conference that um, 
there was the chance that he'd be brought back or that there would be a conversation about um, the way things had gone and then sort of Dwayne's gone, he's fired. The And have uh, Woj break it was wild. Mm. Um, I'm sure half of TSN is really salty that they weren't able to break that. Um, I just... It's not that it went it went to south of the border that felt. Yo, there was a time when Woj didn't have an in on the Raptors, but uh, yeah, Woj I is went- pretty close to the Raptors nowadays. Yeah. You know, like he's doing all those profiles about how mm-hmm. you know the Raptors are here, and you know Larry and Demar saying this is the year, our year's over. It's it's a useless year if we don't win the championship. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it though? <laughs> is it though? Are you being, are you being serious right now? Um, and that's and that's going to be that LeBron post-traumatic bronze syndrome because everybody yeah. does it. And I was texting you earlier that this feels like the 2015 Bulls when, mm. you know, you had Tibbs who was the second best coach in that franchise's history. Right. Lose to LeBron and, you know, it was actually uh, three three years ago on Mother's Day where LeBron hits that game winner right. uh, on the Sunday after Derrick Rose in his last good moment as a member of the Chicago Bulls or the um, human race. Yeah. Uh, his game winner, yeah. but after that, that the Bulls were eliminated. It seemed as though that organization needed to do something, and get firing Tibbs seemed like a real head scratcher when it happened. And I think you know, three years later, it still doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't improved as a franchise. They didn't make the playoffs the year that he left, and they made it the next year. And um, had about weird series against the Celtics last season, but yeah, I, I don't firing Casey feels like not a mistake, but just a I need I need answers. I need to see where we're going because I don't want to be where the Chicago Bulls are three years from now, where they're this terrible team who've had three increasingly depressing seasons. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, that's where I'm at. I'm sort of all right, Masai. I trust you. You're right. Um, the the greatest GM in the city. Yeah. What are you going to do? Because now you you've done something that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So, what's the plan here? How are you feeling? I mean, I get it, um, and I think it's just really unfortunate, right? Like, especially with coaches in sports, like this is a situation where it. Like, having deserving does nothing to do with the situation. Like, it's not about whether you deserve to be fired or not. It's just about, mm-hmm. it's purely about circumstance. And that's the, that's the tough thing about coaches, right? Like, you can't directly influence any of the results, but, um, you have to take responsibility for a lot of it. And it's just, it must be difficult. But, um, when you look at Dwayne's case, like, yes, he was a fantastic coach. He built a good culture here. Um, you know, he kept us, tight locker room. There wasn't a lot of drama over the years. And whether or not you feel like the talent was maximized or not, you can't necessarily argue with the regular season results. In the playoffs, they're a bit disappointing, but you can't even argue too much with the playoff results. Like, ultimately speaking, the Raptors lost in the years they were the worst team. Yep. Um, you know, like that Brooklyn series should have been close, and it was close. That Wizards series should have been a bit closer, but the Raptors are much worse than the Wizards that year, and Lowry was banged up, and just a, just a poorly constructed roster that year. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, I mean, come on. We were playing Graves Vasquez and Luans at the same time. They hated With each other. With a straight face. Like, yeah, seriously. Like, and Chuck Hayes was in that rotation. Oh and my Tyler Hansbrough was starting Bloody. games. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not a surprise we we got swept, right? Um, 15, 16, like, yeah, we won two series and then, you know, beating Milwaukee and Washington. Like, you can't necessarily argue with that, but like, 
at the same time, like it's it, it's a matter of circumstance, and it's a lot easier it, it's to just until we met LeBron. Yeah, exactly. The last right? three years, as soon as you see LeBron, it's over. Well, yeah, I mean, but like, I think even that though, it's a little bit simplistic, right? Because like, I think this is what the disappointing thing is with um, seeing what Indiana did and seeing what Boston did. Because like, if LeBron just rolled through everybody like last year, then we're not we're not as worried about it because it's like, okay, we're in the same boat as everyone else. Yeah. But when LeBron specifically rolls us and then has a tougher time with everyone else. You wonder why the Raptors weren't as prepared. You wonder why the Raptors had this sort of baggage. Um, and, you know, like, that's a concern. And, you know, part of that is on Casey. Like, he, he, like there's a report out, there was a report out there after Dwayne's um, firing was announced where Grange wrote about how, you know, there's, you know, X, Y, and Z of why the Raptors, you know. Keeping, uh, yeah, Surge and JV in the, at the end when they went small with love and, yeah. Masai pulls hair out. Yeah, and like Masai apparently berated um Casey and stuff and it's just like, all right, well that's the stuff you just never heard about before. No, and, never. You know. I don't know. I don't think Masai's feeling pressure, but I think what Masai said at the presser, you know, put it on me. Like yeah. I believe him. And I and and like, yeah, it's gonna be on him now because like the pressure is that's what sports is, it's really kinda silly, but like you just kick the ball down the line and like the responsibility is fully on, you know, Masai here Masai. because yeah. the roster is what it is. And it's like you said, it's easier to move the coach than it is to move the rest of it. And, you know, while I think the Raptors did a good job of like handling uh, Casey's like situation, like they let him go at a time when you can find another job again. Yeah. There are tons of jobs out there. Yeah, Where do you right? think he's going to go? I know it's a sidebar, but uh, I feel like Orlando, Orlando makes so a lot I've, of sense. I've, it makes sense. A lot of good relationships, yeah. That organization, young roster that's looking to sort of, um, make the franchise a bit more relevant. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I was just curious where you thought you'd go. Sorry, carry on. Oh, no, no. I, I was just, the, the idea of like Dwayne Casey walking into the locker room and Terrence Ross staring back at him again, he's just like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I thought I got he's, rid of you. <laughs> he's gonna bring the rock and start saying like, this time the rock speech and Terrence Ross is gonna start mouthing it back to him. Because he's just been there so many times before. Yeah. That's going to be real terrible for Terrence Ross. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like Orlando is, like, a definite situation for him. But, like, I think, you know, if there are other situations that – I think I don't think Orlando's going to be his number one choice. But I think, but, yeah, they're definitely going to find something. Is it the Suns job? Because I, ha- I would be happy for him to get the Suns job. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. Him taking over for Jay Trano again. Yeah. <laughs> History has a weird way of repeating itself, man. Yeah, but I mean I'm, the Suns are also just like a fickle organization, so I feel like they might like unfairly ax him or something like that. So yeah, that's the point. I just I hope Dwayne lands on his feet. He's such a quality man. I mean, like what a like the letter that he sent mm-hmm. um, was very touching. Um, you know, I think he was always a very positive and upbeat man, uh, and I think he kind of kept perspective. I think if there's one fault of his was that maybe he didn't hold his stars as accountable. Um, as, you know, maybe some people wanted him to, and uh, that was a critique that Messiah offered as well in that, you know, Grange piece. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, like, he gave a lot of people chances to grow, and I think a lot of players did grow under him. And, yeah, I mean, what's your favorite What's your favorite um, Dwayne memory or Dwayne-ism? Oh. Ooh. Uh... That's a good question. 
My favorite memory is when Pop said you guys are going to the finals, no bullshit. Mm. Because that was one of the only times uh and I actually wanted to talk to you about this, like that was the I feel like the real opening of Toronto's relevance window. Mm-hmm. Like when the greatest coach in the league says to your coach, You guys are going to the finals No bullshit. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, somebody sees us. Right. And that was probably like that was one of the moments that I was like Oh my God! You're such I, a typical I, Toronto fan right now, man. Yeah, no, of course, and uh, yeah, of course, I'm totally washed in this. But yeah, seeing mm. anybody care about the Raptors, and I think that has a lot to do with all the work that Casey did when he arrived here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, well, that, that was the best stuff. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of other great, great moments with Casey. Um, I liked one doing Casey yelled at Bud. Oh, which we yeah. can talk about Bud in a second, but like the fact that Dwayne Casey was, was willing to stand up for his young player OG for, you know, you know, doing a dunk at the end of the game, whatever, man. The other team was contesting the shot and everything, so like, what are you gonna do? Not dunk the ball? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like seeing Dwayne Casey, you know, rip into another guy, really, just like the whole thing with Dwayne Casey is he had like a dad swag, and so you can't really yeah, be yeah. mad at your dad, right? And when he did dad things, like, um, take yell the subway at the other team, to a playoff game. Take the subway to a playoff game, like, you know, wear his hat in a weird way where it, like, at least half of that has to be air and not head. Because he doesn't have, <laughs> like, a Lorenzo Brown head where you're like, okay, <laughs> that's all head under there. No, that's air and then head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss doing Casey. I, yeah, and of course. I don't know who Masai brings in that's going to be as lovable to the fans here because mm. there was something great about having an old black man be your your head coach. Yeah, and it's rare. It's rare to see that, that in the NBA, man. Yeah, no, it's... And it used to be a lot more common, I feel like. Nowadays, it's like, there's like Lenny Wilkins and like uh, Silas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just a couple of them and now it's like Doc Rivers, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're talking about bringing in Budenholzer and I... Yeah. I hate that man. It's just not a sexy hire to be like, hey. You're pissed off about your coach getting swept twice by the Cavs? Let me tell you who we're bringing in. This guy lost to the Wizards last. (laughs) 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 Like. Yo, Budenholzer's greatest career accomplishment is beating the Wizards after Paul Pierce called Bank. No, did they? They lost to the Wizards in that series. No, no, no. They, they barely beat them, but that's they only because John Wall, like, broke his hand. That's right. And then yeah, Paul yeah. Pierce hit that, like, game-winning shot, but it was, like, a point one right after the shot clock, so it was invalidated. No, that team was not great. <laughs> no, that team was not good. Like, it, that was the Raptors. Work? Like, if anyone wanted to critique this year's Raptors, like, winning 60 games in the regular season, uh, being a number one seed, and then getting swept, it's... The Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> so, like, getting Mike Boonholzer of the Atlanta Hawks would be a little bit disappointing. And that um, seems to be a lot of people's most – and Jerry Stackhouse. And that decision makes no sense to me. You know what? Okay, what's wrong with Stack? I like Stack. I like Stack, too. And I really want him to be a coach one day because mm-hmm. uh, he's a black and so am I. And I like Issa Rae cheer for everybody black. Mm-hmm. But if you're firing a coach – um, as a part of what seems to be an oncoming culture change or culture reset, how do you hire from within? What's Stack, Stack is going to be hard on players, and he's going to do a lot of the same things as Casey. Is he going to install a new system? I, I 
I really doubt it. Um, well, I mean, how much of a new system do they have to implement, though? I think, like, the offense well, is okay. What are we changing? Like, someone who can make better in-game adjustments? Because Yeah, that's pretty much I, it. But I, th- I think that that's overrated because Casey made adjustments. Um, in the Buck series last year, his movements with Carroll and Norm Powell made sense and helped us win that series. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe in the Pacers series in 2016, I think Dwayne Casey coached quite well um, in a series that was definitely not guaranteed for the Raptors. Right, uh, of course. We barely won that series. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we won in six games, but Dwayne, Dwayne Casey performed well. I think he outcoached Eric Spolster in the Heat series because... Really? Um, yeah, because the Heat came out and, like, adjusted really well. I think after the Raptors may have lost game one, as they always do, mm-hmm. and then um, rallied back in game two and won that one. Mm-hmm. And I think from that, that point on, like, because... Uh, uh, JV went down in that series and missed some time, and uh, Hassan Whiteside missed time in that series. Like I think Dwayne Casey has real playoff series wins that are a result of his coaching adjustments. So to think that he's never he's this bumbling idiot when it comes to the playoffs is not representative of the entire you know yeah, picture. I think it's I think it's unfair. Like even this year, right when they talked about how like. Oh man, CJ Miles got torched in that game two thing against Love. And I'm like, I can see his thinking there. Um, obviously it wasn't his plan A or plan B, but like, mm-hmm. you know, when Serge Ibaka comes in here and like lays a huge shit on the floor and like, he, what's up with Serge Ibaka's hands? Why can't he dribble the basketball? I don't know. It's so I, perplexing, I, man. And the like, the read on Serge Ibaka was always that, you know, we need to look forward to having this guy in May and April. Yeah. He's been on these long playoff runs. He knows when to mm-hmm. uh, show up, but no, nah, he's been real disappointed. Dude. I know. He needed to tease us, too, because games one and two of the Wizards series, I was like, yeah, that's playoff <laughs> surge right there. And then, yeah. bam, the man had, like, a bunch of zero points. Like, he – I don't know, man. It was it was depressing to watch Serge Ibaka. But, I mean, like, yeah, that's – you know, I think that's the other thing that, again, it's, it's part of why this thing is unfair. It's like – Casey's not perfect, and I think it's totally within Masai's right to look to upgrade if he thinks that it can. It's just imperative that he does upgrade because Dwayne Casey was bringing a lot to the table. Um, but if he can find an upgrade there, for sure. But at the same time, like the why I feel like it's a bit unfair was because like look, the players just it is what it is with the players, right? Like we kind of know we've seen the ceiling. Like this is the year where like definitively the ceiling was shown to us. Like, we kind of knew what the ceiling was, but then we were like, nah, we're going to play bet, we're going to play different, put these young guys around, play fast, slow, whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, none of it changed, bro. None yeah. of it changed. The Cavs even got worse, and it doesn't matter. Like, you still and got swept. And it's still, and so yes, so in the last three years, we've had two sweeps in one entertaining but never competitive series against the Cavs. We lost the Cavs. by 93 points. <laughs> exactly. In six games, won two of them we won. <laughs> yeah, and that was like I remember watching that series and thinking Ugh. like this is a lot of fun. We're not winning this series. Yeah. Um. So, is it just personnel? Because you know, uh, my dad my, and Yo, some of you may be familiar. If any of you guys listen to uh, the fan, uh, my father is Clifton from Etobicoke. So shout out, dad. 
Uh, he was saying that um, the big problem that we have with what's going on with this Raptors team is that no matter who was coaching, if we if the Cavs Raptors switched coaches, series sweep all three times. It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. the other team has the greatest player on the planet. Yeah, uh, and that's it. And I don't like that answer because it feels sort of futile. But we've seen. The Raptors improved their roster considerably from the 2015 uh, series or 2016 series. Mm-hmm. I think today we have a much better roster. We play and a we, better style. We play a better style. We have more talent on the team, and we still get like completely washed by this guy. Yeah, yeah, and that's a disappointing thing. I think. I think this is just kind of another move, right? Like they're like, all right, well, we'll try to tweak it just again, but like. I think it would be disappointing if at the end of the summer we come back with the same roster and, like, who knows, we we might make a minor move and, like, we retain Fred VanVleet and maybe we shed another salary or whatever. Norm Powell, please. I mean, we'll see. Um, but, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be a bit disappointing, right? Because I'm like, I've seen the ceiling of this team and, like, it doesn't matter who you bring in to coach. Like, Kyle Lowry is still going to be Kyle Lowry. Like, he can, like, this year was his best playoff run. Yeah. And I'm like... I wasn't even that impressed. I was like, okay, cool, your efficiency was good, but that's only because you only took, like, 10 shots a game. And yeah. you, like, kept deferring to DeMar, even in games when DeMar was struggling. And yeah. then DeMar, like, he was good in the Wizards series, but then, like, just awful. Like, just... Which is weird because there is no one on the Cavs who can, you know, stop yeah, that guy. That's what's supposed to happen. But, like, he couldn't score on J.R. Smith? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. The Mar against the Cavs has never made any sense to me because it seems like that's 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 the kind of team that he'd be able to really mm-hmm. do damage on because LeBron never tries to defend him. Yeah, and uh, the craziest thing is like, Demar gets covered in single coverage, and mm-hmm. usually when Demar gets single coverage, the man scores. But like against the Cavs, he kind of like loses his mind a little bit. Like, he only wants to drive to the rim, so it's like he makes it really easy for the defense to, like, you know, collapse on him. Yep. He's not taking any jumpers, which is just weird. Like, you need that jumper to establish your drive game. Which is weird, because it seems like every season when our our, our season ends against the Cavs, because LeBron, or because DeMar isn't taking using his jump shot, mm-hmm. he goes all summer and works on it, and yeah. then from November until March, you're like, wow, DeMar can hit two threes a game. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're championship. And then as soon as he sees LeBron, he's like, "All right, you know, only 14 to 18 feet is it." And that it's it's so frustrating because, you know, I'm the kind of person who thinks that Demar can be the guy. I'm mm-hmm. not sure he's 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 so good that it's automatic. Like if he's your best player, you can contend for a championship. But I like him enough to give him a shot. Right. Um, like Victor, like Oladipo, he's probably not good enough, but you like him enough to like. Yeah, let's build a team around him because mm-hmm. his game's good and he's friendly and he has a, you know, big, beautiful head and he can sing really well. Uh, also, I'm like, like what else are you going to do, right? Like, you're Indiana. Yeah. You have this one guy. You might as well go. And that's what happened with the Raptors. Like, we, yep. he was like, we have one guy in DeMar. He's not really a star. And then it was like, okay, we'll give him some time to develop. And then all of a sudden he does become a star. And, like, I agree with you. I think DeMar has, like... There's definitely a difference when DeMar is, like, active and he's, like, aggressive and he's on. And he's, like, a phenomenal player, a really mm-hmm. phenomenal offensive player. Mm-hmm. But then, like, that just doesn't turn on in the playoffs, right? We never really seen, like, oh, man, well, DeMar went off three three games in a row. 
Yeah, he, 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 yeah, he, he did kind of watch the series in 20, uh, last year, 2017. Mm-hmm. In the Bucks series, every game after game four. Oh, that's true, yeah. Because in game three, when was the game where Giannis is like, he scored one point, three points and they were all free throws or whatever that. Oh, that was game three. The Raptors lost that one by like yeah. 20 so or something. After game three, he took that series over, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I because think he, he responded with like 30 something points, 37. And in game like six, when the Bucks went on that huge run and brought, and, you know, everyone in the, uh, oh my God. In Canada <laughs> was pulling their hair out. DeMar came out and closed the door and he, he was the one who, um, we punched our ticket to the next round before we got curb stomped by the Cavs. But yeah, mm-hmm. De- DeMar can do it in the playoffs. He, he may can, not yeah. be able to do it in the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. or against the Cavs, but he's, he's not a shook one all the time. He's not, uh, but, those. But he is back- a shook one some of the time. I, I just think that like with DeMar, what, the issue with DeMar is that like they keep trying to compensate for all the stars weaknesses. Which, like, that's not what you're supposed to do, right? Like, with the star, you're supposed to build around his strengths, um, and he's supposed to be the foundation of what you do. And so mm-hmm. he cannot come up short. And, like, what the Raptors try to do is, like, all right, so we need to break, we need to have a defensive three and a defensive four and a defensive five so they can make up for one guy who doesn't defend. And then on, on offense, this guy can't shoot. So it's like, all right, so then we have to put all these shooters around him. And, like, he needs the ball all the time. So then he has to play on the ball, and then Kyle Lowry has to be out the ball. Everyone else has to just chill and exist without the ball. And it's just like, at some point, you're like, I'm making so many concessions to make one thing happen. And, like, but you're never going to make the bigger thing happen. It works in Houston. It works in Houston because, like, James Harden is just better than, than okay. DeMar. But, right? but he, and he's that much better that he makes. Yeah. Because I, love, I, I think James Harden is a complete, like, revelation this year. I don't and understand last year he him, was man. crazy good. But, yeah, that team is full of a bunch of big guys who can kind of defend well and can kind of shoot threes and Eric Gordon, and they're just incredible <laughs> to watch. <laughs> Eric Gordon's a hilarious player. Yeah, it's amazing that that guy was great and then terrible and then really good again. He's really – you never know when to quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like this roster – like, how far – okay, do you feel like even with a better coach, like – Let's say whoever they hire is like the best case scenario happens, right? Like it's like a I don't know what what they're doing really, but like the best case scenario happens, and you know they have to keep the young guys, the young guys develop a little bit more. Like how much better can they do in the playoffs? Like what next year if they lose LeBron in six games, is that a is that improvement? Is that like everyone feeling happy about themselves? Like hey man, our fourth time we beat LeBron twice. Yeah, I don't know. Right? I don't know. I I think that. The challenge has been let, and, and I, I wonder what you know your 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 fans and the people who are part of this fandom because you engage with them more. Is the challenge to really make the finals or to be a true championship contending team, or is it a cha- the challenge to be a team that's really relevant, like relevant in the in important way that they are, you know. Top three topics on sport on ESPN first take in the morning because to me the Raptors as a contending team mm-hmm. has been there the last two or three years. Right. They've been a team that finishes top six, top seven overall records, mm-hmm. has multiple All Stars, um, has a decent ish playoff run year over year. They're like. A basketball team that achieves the things that the basketball organization is supposed to. Mm-hmm. The problem seems to be that nobody, they're not sort of 
famous, and they're not. Um, they're they not, don't have the. Yeah, they're not. They're, they don't have the guys, or they don't have the success that will make them right. a team that everybody cares about. And I'm not sure how much I want that, but that seems to be the thing that Masai wants, or that the organization wants to sort of break through to that next level of cultural cachet that they are an important franchise in this league. And yeah, I mean, I think that like we play good basketball. We have like sure, yeah. We have good. We have good records. We're likable. We're likable, but I think people are missing that. You know. Yeah, I think I think the disconnect there, and it's really hard to be a full fledged fan of this team while also accepting this disconnect. Is that um, it doesn't feel legitimate, and I think maybe that's just a bigger feeling of like how people in Toronto generally feel about being citizens of the world and being right next to the United States and whatever, and I think that blends into this mindset as Raptors fans, um, especially since there's so many reminders that, like, Toronto is still a second-rate basketball market, no matter how much the Raptors organization tries to improve the situation and the fans, mm-hmm. you know, improve everything. Like, everything is top-notch at this point, but, like, it's still the same, right? Like, people don't see Toronto as legitimate. They see them as a joke, and, like, if yeah. you... And it's just unfortunate, right? Because, like... If the Raptors make the same mistake as another team, they get clowned for it infinitely more because there's something inherently funny about this team being in Canada and people like to get off their USA jokes or, like, you know, whatever. And I think that's what a lot of the organization is battling, like, legitimacy. And so when the Raptors, like, fail in this way, it really, really makes us feel exposed and it's hard for us to both rectify that, hey, this is just our team and we can just accept it and... Um, cheer for it and support it and get hyped for it when, when it matters and, you know, love it even when it's, when it's down. But I mean, still, like, you can't shake this feeling of like, man, like, why are the Raptors not a legitimate franchise? Um, because like, they've had a lot of moments where it's just like, damn, like, they've been exposed. But it feels like that answers my question because yes, like, the big challenge is becoming a team that wins or really competes for a championship Mm -hmm. like as a team that makes the finals and wins the championship are the last things to do but you know how many like the Bulls have tried it the Pacers have tried um, this the uh, Clippers have tried the Rockets haven't done it yet Um, it's like in the last decade only one team has broken through into that sort of group of those you know five or six real NBA franchises, and that's the Warriors. But it's really, like, every year, it's, like, where LeBron's playing, the Knicks, the Lakers, mm-hmm. um, and the, these gigantic franchises. And, yes, the Raptors can't break into that, but we have an incredible basketball product in this city. Like, you and I yeah, of course. have paid attention our whole lives that, you know, unless the Raptors make the leap to winning a championship, mm-hmm. we're not going to accomplish the legitimacy thing so why why lose sleep over it because i love this team and i think it's you know it would have been fine with me to run it back the same way you win 60 games and you um win a playoff series it's kind of as good as it gets for every team except for two teams every year yeah yeah exactly and like i don't know it's just for some reason it's hard I, I know, man. And Woodley's right about a lot of this stuff. Like, he's like, hey, man, like, what are you really upset about? Like, don't be such a big baby about this and that. And, like, 
Yeah, it just it just feels strange. Like you can be an abject fan of just the Raptors or both the Raptors, like just of the Raptors independently or about the Raptors within the NBA scope. And if you're a fan of the Raptors within the NBA scope, then you're almost always going to be unsatisfied because people Absolutely. are always going to be shitting on you. Always, no matter always. what happens, they're going to be shitting on you. Like even this game, the Cavs get completely destroyed. Um, it's very embarrassing for the Cavs, but all of a sudden the conversation is, look at, man, the Raptors were really terrible. And it's just like, what? We didn't even play. What? Who's talking about us? Why? Right? And like, <laughs> but even as a Raptors fan, and especially like, you know, because I, I, I write about like the NBA as a whole, like it's hard for me not to like think about the Raptors within the context of the NBA. Like it's, it's super depressing. I don't know what it is, man. Like, um, yeah. So. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I, I think about this all the time that, um, and I wonder if you have the same thought about Masai specifically. Mm. Last summer, he, in so many words and ways, turned down the New York Knicks. He, he could did. have been the GM of the, at worst, third biggest um, NBA franchise, um, and and really had not his opportunity to steer that and to leave a legacy there. It's a tricky situation and a crap owner and all of those other things, but. He turned that down because he wanted to accomplish something in Toronto, and it seems as though what he wants to accomplish feels petty because it's not just to win and make a great basketball product. Mm-hmm. It's to be the guy who put Toronto on the map in sort of a significant, yeah. real way. And I'm not sure how important something like that is because the reason that the Lakers and the Knicks and the Sixers and the Celtics Mm-hmm. are the biggest teams in the league is because they're in the biggest media markets. And you may never, like, break into that. Um, yeah. Plus. And the reason, and, like, the the Golden State Warriors have broken into that, like, um, echelon of league popularity and relevance, not just because they've won two championships and have two of this decade's three best players on their team. Mm-hmm. It's also that, you know, the Silicon Valley and, by extension, San Francisco and Oakland have become a new real um, hotspot for everything that's happening in America. It's where there are the most new billion-dollar companies. It's just a very important part of the American cultural and media landscape. Mm-hmm. So, of course, their basketball team is the most important, one of the most important ones to pay attention to. So unless Toronto is going to become this huge, important cosmopolitan city, even if our basketball team is... Um, championship contending. No one's going to give a shit about us because yeah. we're not this huge media market. We're not this huge um, industrial market. We're just a we're a um, moderately sized city in in this huge multi billion dollar um, league. So I don't know. Yeah, Masai seems to really want to like make the Toronto Raptors as big as the New York Knicks. But that seems like a fool's errand. What do you think? I mean, I think he's already done a great job of making the Raptors as big as it can be in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like, look, let's be honest, man. Like, a sport like basketball is not going to have that much popularity within a lot of parts of Canada because yep. Toronto is a very special place within Canada. I think. Absolutely. You know, like, even when I read Dwayne Casey's letter, I was like, it's very sweet that you wrote this about Toronto. Um, and I definitely see where you're coming from in terms of complimenting it, and it definitely has a lot of virtues, but like, but to apply that little... to the rest of Canada is just not really the case. 
Yeah. Um, and so I think whatever. Like he's already done a great job of like Raptors, you know, marketing everything like that. Like you see Raptors here everywhere. You see people excited about the Raptors. This is phenomenal. Um, and in terms of him just bringing the franchise from the dead and getting it to this operational capacity is already like a phenomenal job. It's yeah. just like the next step of like getting to the relevance thing. It's just so hard because like it's so embedded. I think in Toronto, like citizenship that like you need to be jaded like Drake basically like Drake is very Toronto not for the other stuff it's just because he's whiny and because he doesn't feel like he's enough and it's clear that he's achieved so much and like it's kind of self-evident but like because people don't give him the respect that you know he feels like he he constantly feels like he's disrespected um, you know, and I think the rappers are in the same way, man. Like, look how we treat the American media and stuff. We're always like, why don't you talk about us? Talk about us. Like, oh man, this is the bias here, like this and that, like the referee bias, everything that is like, everything centers back to this one, like, you know, we want feeling of not enough. Like the Lakers. Yeah. Like this is illegit, like illegitimacy. Like, hey, we earned it to get to this point. It's just like, it, look, realistic, you're never going to get to this point. I'm sorry. You're not in America. Yeah. And it has not, it, so much of it has to do with things outside of, the product that's on the court because mm-hmm. the product on the court is incredible. That if the New York if um uh if the New York Knicks had a product as good as the Toronto Raptors, they would be receiving the most favorable yeah. press in the world. People be freaking out, man. Look at the, look at the Celtics. The Celtics exactly. are like in this current iteration, not that much better than the Raptors, or if, exactly. if at all. But they get this endless hype, and I'm not saying exactly. it's undeserved. It's just like the they're difference teams, is, very but they're not better noticeable. than the Raptors. Yeah. And they get it because they're in Boston. They're a part of this, you know, huge <laughs> media industrial complex. And that's yeah. fine, but don't, you know, put all this, like, these expectations on Dwayne Casey without thinking about this first because he's not going to make, he is not going to somehow make, um, Fox Sports run their operation out of the same city mm-hmm. that our team plays in. That's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, as much as Zach Lowe has a Canadian wife and loves hanging out in Toronto, that isn't enough to make Toronto a media magnet for um, the brands that these athletes work with and that the, me- the media industrial complex that works with the league closely. It's not going to bring them to Toronto, so yeah. give it up. Like Appreciate what we have because what we have is amongst the very best that the league has to offer. That's we true. have had... One of the best, you know, five-year runs of any team in the league in the last 20 years. And that's the point. The mm-hmm. point is to have a great product and to have a lot of fun and to scream fuck Brooklyn every time you get the opportunity to. Masai's a, yeah, listen, you just gave the same speech that Masai gave, basically. <laughs> and I, I like that, though. I like that. Like, that's the exact kind of, like perspective and awareness that you need to have if you're leading this team because you are not just leading a basketball team you're leading a weird fragile psyche of a city and like i don't know it's kind of unfortunate the raptors have to carry this for us but you know one day when when Giannis comes here um you know we can't uh, wait i cannot wait these demons um we're gonna take a quick break and uh, on the other end, we will take some Twitter questions. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Still here with Josh Hart. Um, Howdy. On Twitter, at not Josh Hart. 
That's me. Did you? So were you? You were really disappointed when the Raptors passed up on Villanova for Josh Hart in the draft. Yeah. Yes. What a dream come true to have a person with your name play. Like so, have a person with your name play on the team that you uh-huh. cheer for. And like when Lou Williams play on the team. Well, that must have been fun for you. And I have a godfather whose name is Norman Powell. Um, <laughs> okay. So when Norman Powell, when he like dunked in game four of the uh, game five of the Pacers series yeah. when they came back and had to win, basically, mm. um, that was the kind of shit I lived for. Um, yeah. And now Norman Powell is. Yeah, let's not talk about this name because. Uh, um, your godfather <laughs> might be better at basketball than, than Norm Powell at this point. Um, I, I strongly believe that. Did I show <laughs> you? Did I show you my uh, my Lou Williams? My you, you know how Drake made Six Man and talked about Lou Williams yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Did I ever show you how I remixed that song to put my name in it? No, but I can already picture it. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna play it on the podcast live. Hopefully, this is not breaking any uh, copyright laws. Um, I would argue this is free use. All right, this is free use. All right. Let me just put the search engine here. All right. Jeez, this shit is going off the rails. <laughs> you should have changed it to booming out of John G, but that's not nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. Don't, put, don't love me with the John G kids. I was, I was in Hilltop. Well, yeah, you can go to John G. It's yeah. a Hilltop. Yeah, that's right. Um. All right. Let's take some Twitter <laughs> questions. As always, hit us up at Raptors Republic. Ah, man. First couple questions about Norman Powell, so that's not good. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, what, Okay. so first one comes from Raptors Milgrau. Shout out to uh, my, the Brazilian uh, Raptors fans out there. Um, what about a Powell for a mid or late first to keep Van Vliet? Would you take a mid to late first for Norman Powell right now? You know, I would take a free GoDaddy domain for you for Norman Powell. <laughs> Yo, Norm Powell saw more time on, like, commercials than he did on actually on the court, man. I couldn't, like, I like Norm Powell. I think he, in those playoff appearances, showed yeah. so much excitement and potential and grit. But Maz doesn't realize that when he's playing with DeMar DeRozan, he's not going to hold the basketball. Yeah, he loves it. You know what the thing with Norm is? Norm gets the ball, like... Off the bench, and he's like, alright, I got the ball, I'm gonna back up, <laughs> like, the logo. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you backing up? <laughs> Your handle's not good, you get stripped all the time. Oh, man. Oh, man. Just... Norm, bro, you should be better than this, man. Like, Norm. I think Norm was just groomed for the wrong role, man. Like, he needed to continue on that, like, auto porter path. And instead he's like, oh, I see what DeMar is doing. I'm gonna go over here and train like DeMar. I'm like, there's only room for one DeMar on the team. And even with DeMar, if you read in between the lines, the Raptors are always trying to be like, hey, DeMar, do this. Don't be yourself. Do this. Do this. Be be Chris Middleton. Or at least oh, God, read Chris the Middleton. positive press coverage of Chris Middleton and feel bad about yourself. Chris Middleton and his fucking Horn of Africa hairline. Um, <laughs> I hate that guy. God damn, man. Um, next one from Sham. What are honest and realistic expectations for this team next year, assuming the same core with trimmings around the margins and a new coach? Uh, 55 wins. I think the Sixers are good next year. Yeah. So we can't just take three free wins out of the Sixers like we used to. Yeah. Okay. I don't, but I don't think really anybody else gets better. Miami's probably worse. Orlando's gonna still be trash. The Western Conference will be, 
so long as the Raptors don't have to go on a three-week road trip two weeks in the season on the West Coast like they do every year, that's some bullshit. We'll be a fifty-plus win team. I yeah. think. What do you? Think? Yeah, I agree. Like, I think it's going to be like fifty-five wins. Um, and I don't know. They lose LeBron in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> like what? What do you? What do you? I mean, the ceiling one. is the ceiling. The ceiling is the roof. All right. It, <laughs> the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is LeBron. That's it. Uh, or like we win fifty-one games and lose in a four-five against the, the Cavs. Mm. Yeah, no fun. Okay, next one from Karn Sharma. Um, how can I, big Raptors fan, move on from all of this? Please help. So I would yeah, never. Our t- season is right around okay, the corner. Josh, what are you doing here? I <laughs> struck that from the record. All right. Um, no, look, listen. Toronto is very beautiful in the summertime. Word. Don't focus on this. Like, the first time you climb up to the Scarborough Bluffs, you look over, you're like, damn, I can't believe this is part of Toronto. I can't believe this is part of Scarborough in particular. And then you'll forget all about the Raptors. Take a trip, you know? like That's true. That's a something. good point. Go to High Park, take, you know? Take a, take a bike ride down the in, uh, what, Evergreen Brickworks? Sure. And think, this is so beautiful. It's terrible. It's too bad that I have to watch CJ Miles. Brick threes in nine months here. And play no defense. <laughs> but be very likable. He's so likable. I hate that, man. He's like, I don't hate that man. Sorry. I just hate the, like, the idea that, like, he's so likable, but I'm like, I know you're not that good. Like, it's, yeah, just, it no. just bothers me. Also, enjoy the, you know, the cinema scene. Enjoy it for yes. Patrick Patterson. Who's just <laughs> Yeah, go to Tiff. Check mm. out Tiff. Um, yeah, enjoy movies and pretend to be Patrick Patterson. Yeah. Also, like, you know, sit on a patio. Um, you know, Toronto's a very beautiful city. The people are very also, beautiful. Po- provincial election right around the corner. Start thinking about, you know. Yep, that too. Volunteering at your local candidate's office. Yes, exactly. Both the phones. Give you lots of stuff to think about. Yeah. Shout out to that's Etobicoke. Good, that's good advice. Shout out to Etobicoke North. Yeah. That's right. Who's running there? I don't Who's know. I, mean, I don't even. Know. I live in the annex now, and I have to find out how to vote. Is it Boris Jasnitsky again? <laughs> God, that guy's name was hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, who? Let's look at that. Who's uh, in the typical Ward One? This is what. Oh, word, yo! He moved his office. Damn, <laughs> yo! This his office used to be at La Rose Plaza, but now he moved it to uh, the West Mall. Eh? Okay, Boris Jasnitsky. All right. Yeah, he's an MP. I guess he's our guy. Etobicoke Center. I, I'm Etobicoke Center. I guess I'm not Etobicoke you, North. Yeah, I'm Etobicoke North. I don't yeah. see my MP. My MP, Chris, no, that's a MPP. You're confusing yeah. me, Will. Um, Dr. Shafiq Quadri, yeah, his uh, riding office is at Albany and Islington, so right around the corner from Bicycle Depot. Shout out to Rick and Rob. Albany and Islington. These are some deep Etobicoke cuts. Yo. Oh, shout <laughs> out to Thistletown. <laughs> Yo, do you remember when PCI and West Humber combined their uh, football teams because they were both too broke to have an individual football team? Jeez. I just remember, uh, I never played football, but I did play Ultimate Frisbee up here on one of these teams. Um, it was like a very brown school. And... Someone got hit in the face. I think it was the town, but like, yeah, someone got hit in the face with a disc, like right in the face, and like she fainted, and like they had to call the ambulance for our ultimate frisbee game. And I was like, what are we all doing here? Like, 
It's not that serious. So, I mean, look, there's a lot of, Karn, listen, there's a lot of ways you can move on from this. But specifically exactly. and chiefly, you have to not follow the Raptors for at least three months and enjoy the weather. And then when training camp comes back, let yourself love again. But, you know, yeah. keep it in the back of your mind that the, the, the ceiling is the roof. Um, oh, God. Oh, man, okay. I'm just going to skip a couple of these because they're, they're tough. <laughs> tough. <laughs> They're all like, uh, you know, Wiggins for for Fred and Demar. Who says no? Me, I don't want Wiggins yet. No, nah, I've, I've slowly talked myself into Wiggins. You talked yourself into Wiggins? Yeah. For what, man? Wiggins is motivated. Wiggins' his biggest what? motivation is motiv is his biggest issue is motivation. It comes to Toronto, you know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's he Wiggins coming off a terrible year. At uh, what the the big mall in Woodbridge, Vaughn Mills. Yeah, he'll have. Where's a great he from? Time. He's from Vaughn, right? He's from yeah Woodbridge, I believe. Jeez. No, I don't. What's like, Toronto going to get a player like specifically from Toronto? Like, let's be real. The most Toronto player from Toronto has still been Leo Rounds. No, it's Tyler Innes. Tyler's from Brampton, though. Draft. He's from Brampton. No, he's from Rexville originally because we went to the same summer camp and he called me chicken chested. Shout out to that guy, though. Imagine being slandered by Tyler Ennis, man. Before, before any of this. Yeah, man, Tyler Ennis. He's terrible. He's a terrible basketball player. Probably before Norm over him. Um, what about this one from Imran? Um, why does Ibaka practice fumbling the ball as his free throw routine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it's a weird one. Like, he takes forever. Like, it, you know that, like, ten, there's like, that rule, like, you need to shoot the free throw after 10 seconds of getting yeah. the ball from the ref? Ibaka breaks that rule every time, and I'm, like, pissed. Cause I'm like, yo, listen, I, I, I need, I need to do other things with my life other than watching you fumble the basketball. Yeah, I don't, I, this, this whole Ibaka thing, cause I was so hyped when he got traded to sure, the Raptors. Me too. And I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah, um, I think he just wants to play center, and that's not possible with JV around. And, and JV's not going anywhere because. Nah, I feel like this is a year they trade JV. His, his value's pretty high right now. Or, not pretty high, but it's inflated. Yeah, that'd be, that'd, I'd be, I'd be on board. Yeah, which will be tough, though, because then when we lose JV, then it's also weakness, because then we can't rebound the ball at all. Um, sure. Yeah. Who cares, I think? Um, this this one from Leo, looking at the rap, looking at the Celtics win, the biggest difference I see is that most of the Celtics are two-way players, unlike the Raptors having offense first, like DeMar, JV, CJ, and then defense first with OG, Siakam, Ibaka. Do we have enough two-way players moving forward? And is it realistic for the older guys to become plus defenders? I don't think it's realistic for the older guys to become plus defenders. Like, I think they just, like, are what they are. They, honestly, DeMar, like, I think DeMar learned how to play defense under Jay Trano and learned how to play offense under Dwayne Casey, which is just yeah. damning. You want mm -hmm. probably the other way around a little bit, but, mm -hmm. um, I don't think DeMar's gonna be a better defender. CJ's definitely not gonna be good. JV's not gonna do much. Like, it is what it is. And so, like, you're always gonna have to constantly put those defense guys around them and, I don't know. I have, a, I have a bigger hope of the defense guys learning to play offense than the offense guys starting to play defense. Yeah, and hopefully that uh, Yakov doesn't get called for a foul every time he tries to engage in the post. So. Yeah. 
he was a big part of this team, and then all of a sudden he just couldn't play in the playoffs at all. Like that was a huge drop off for anybody yeah, I've seen. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Also, two way players are overrated. How you want to go forward and need two way players? Use your head, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, what is this, man? Who would you rather have, Kawhi or Demarcus? What? What? <laughs> what? Are you asking me? Would I rather have a former Finals MVP or a guy who wore a Nazim Kadri jersey once? Hey, man. He's coming to Toronto because of that, okay? He wandered in the forest of Muskoka. Um, yeah, what prompted DeMarcus doesn't get a Nazem Kadri jersey? Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously quiet, and he said DeMarcus is going to offer some fearlessness. Bro, DeMarcus has, like, a torn Achilles. Like, I'm, I don't want him right now. Like, i got to see him healthy first. That's a big risk. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a very easy choice. Mm-hmm. What does Cousins do on this team? Um, I don't know, really. Because he's not going to come in to be the number one guy. No, he couldn't. So, yeah. Okay, this one from Jerry. We will have to wait and see whether a coach can get more of the stars than what they have shown themselves over and over to be. Why is this season of failure? Was it not the first year of a three-year transition that far exceeded expectations at the beginning of the year? And I think he makes a good point there because I don't think anyone expected the Raptors to win 59 games in the number one seed. And I think they kind of fell victim to their own expectations a little bit because they were ahead of schedule. What do you think about that? You know, that's a great point. <laughs> I forgot about it being a three-year saw, like transition, and it's very apparent that at the end of 2020, we'll be able to get rid of Serge, Kyle, and Damar, right? All three of those contracts come off the books, or mm-hmm. three of the four contracts come off the books. I mean, yeah, like the Raptors have had an excellent season that ended in a familiar way, and that's frustrating. But yeah, well, I think that's the part, right? Was remarkable. Like we went on a, we could have been on a. You when you've done the math, like a twenty-one game winning streak or something. It was at least seventeen. Yeah, we beat the Rockets, who are going to, who are, you know, an incredible team, and we had like great games against the Warriors. Mm. Beat the Cavs by thirty and on TNT. You, I remember even at the beginning of this huge run the Raptors have been on that when they would play on national broadcast that they would they would get demolished by the Bulls. This yeah. has been a great year, Jerry. You're right. That you're right. Yeah, but I think the difference, the the reason it feels disappointing is that even though they exceed expectations, um, like sort of out of it's like better than anything we could have imagined, and then the end result still felt the same and was practically the same. And so it's disappointing because it, you just feel kind of helpless, which I completely get. Um, let's take two more. Right. One. Um, Elvis. Man, what is this? What What do you think of the BS pod trade ideas of DeMar Rosen for Ingram and Dang? And then Lowry for Fultz and Covington. What the hell are we doing with this team? Why do you guys let why are Bill we, why, Simmons make up trades for you? Why, why are we taking on Dang? What are we doing? What is a suburban we, father of two who has an internet connection and is friends with uh, David Chang? Yo, shout out David Chang. <laughs> shout out to David Chang. Yeah. I, I don't Repping for all Asians. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, seriously, what are these trades? Oh, this, this is bad. Like, I, I like Ingram, but I'm like, Ingram and dang, what the hell is that? And then Fultz and Covington for Lowry? Like, what? 
first off, like, <laughs> I don't want the train that is Mark Helpful. So, I mean, like, whatever. Maybe he comes what, better or not. But like, Maybe he gets good, but I don't, I, I don't know. Don't listen, if he can't play in the playoffs at all, that's an issue. He's healthy. He doesn't play in the playoffs at all. And then Robert Covington? What do I want Robert Covington for? Like, what am I doing with Covington? Flipping him for a th- Like, nah, I don't want Robert Covington, man. No. You can that. have three backup point guys. Yo, seriously, what is this, man? Oh, God. Why um, are people still excited about uh, Ingram? He... You could reasonably talk yourself into him being Kevin Durant, which you, he's clearly not going to be Kevin Durant, but people... Sure. He has skills. I like I like Ingram, but he literally just he has to not be like six pounds. Like this is ridiculous, yeah. man. What are you trying to I do? Don't... Like, what do you what are you maintaining this like thin frame for? Like, are you trying to like get between walls? Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing in life that you got to be that skinny, man? Like, he's just too skinny. I'm sorry. Like, he's smaller than Bruno. How is Bruno doing? Has anybody just like received a yeah. you know, letter, Snapchat? If you're like a, I don't know, twenty year old girl from Burlington, can you let us know how Bruno's living? Um, Bruno, <laughs> what are you? What are you saying? Sacramento proud, okay, yeah. I'm gonna look at Bruno's Instagram. Wow, look, there's a picture of Bruno on the bench, and he's. What kind of picture is this, man? I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this link in the Skype chat, but Bruno is like cut off in the first picture, and it's a picture of. Garrett Temple, Iman Shumpert, and Frank something the third. There's that picture in the in the Skype chat. I mean, that's just not a photo to share of yourself, man. You, you, this is like half of him in that photo. Who is oh that my goodness. Guard? Frank Mason, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you post this? <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Like, I think in the next photo, yeah, there's a picture of him with like some kids. And another picture of him in the back. I don't feel like anyone in Sacramento has talked to him. I feel in months. I feel bad for that team. Mm. It's just not fun. It, it's purposeless. Yeah, but it's not even like a fun purposelessness. Kind of uh-huh. like the Suns or uh, Denver. Every year they almost make the playoffs and lose in the last week. Um, it just seems grim. It is quite grim. All right, All right. Josh. Was there another question? Or are we good? Nah, I'm done. I'm tired. You're done? I'm going to sleep. All right. Josh. Will. This is a phenomenal debut appearance. Most people struggle on their debut, but <laughs> you killed it. You brought a love. You you brought the Raptors fan existentialism to the forefront, like Alex Wong in the New Yorker. That's what they call me. They call you that, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna come with a black Alex Wong. That's a good title. <laughs> that's a good title. I to hope hold. to live up to it. That guy's really incredible stuff. I love that's Alex, incredible man. Stuff. He's the best. Yeah, he is great. Will, thank you for having me. Josh, it's always a delight to uh, to talk Raptors with you. We've been doing it since we were teenagers, and we'll do it for years to come. You know, yeah. I've waited my whole life to see the Raptors play championship basketball. It didn't happen this year, but it's gonna happen one day. When we get Giannis, man, we're getting Giannis. We're going to first, like, draft his younger brother, then hold him in the D-League and not play him until Giannis comes here, and then we'll make him a starter. <laughs> It'll be like the Chris Smith thing with J.R. Smith, except this is not J.R. Smith. This is an actual all-world player. I can't wait. And Giannis has got to be so frustrated with that organization. Yeah, he has to be. And he you know to. he wants to be loyal, but, like, nah. 
It's over. No, nah, man. Come, he's, come he's, home. Come home. He's, it's, he's got you. Come he's on, man. He can, he can bring the bell. You know the one I'm talking about. He yeah. can bring the bell. He can bring the bell, man. Do it. Do what you need with that bell. Come to Toronto. Like you can't tell me, like Giannis is eating jollof rice in in Milwaukee. There's no jollof rice in Milwaukee, but there is in Toronto. It's all over. Yeah, all over the place. Seriously, <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, I really, I really, I'm the. I believe Giannis is gonna be a Raptor one day. I'm speaking into existence. I'm I'm going full Lavar on that one, man. I, I need him to be here. I he's also going to be Lavar Ball. Where has he been? Um, he's still around. He just like no one. The media doesn't really pick up his stuff as much. Is Leant Leant? No, uh, the one of them is supposed to be drafted this year. Yeah, Leangelo. He already said he, he wants to be on the Lakers, and the Lakers has said nothing. The Lakers are like, what? We, we put up with Lonzo because he's good, but like, who are you? <laughs> who are you, Doug? He was a three-star recruit. He didn't have any offers other than UCLA, which only offered him because they had Lonzo already. And if they if they draft him, they're gonna have to like you know those security locks you use for your laptop in the library at yeah. university. They're gonna have to buy so many of those. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna find out at the end of the season if he's stolen all the towels. Exactly. That's gonna be that's not worth the trouble. Yeah, workplace theft is a serious issue, and you should it's, not engage in it unless you uh, make it work. Yeah, exactly. And he has shown he has not made it work. So. Not made it work. Um, follow Josh on Twitter at not not Josh Hart. That's so, me. It's it's Hart like H A R T, not Hart like what the Raptors lack. All right, it's a hot. Take. And follow Will. Will's the best man. I Will. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. For a long a long time, you're doing incredible work. Um, and uh, I, I hope your fans didn't mind me uh, talking like an idiot for an hour and a bit. No, no, I'm sure they I'm sure they enjoyed it. I'm sure they enjoyed. It. And thank you so much for that. That's. It's, it's so heartwarming, Josh. Thank All right. You. Well, All right. my best to Harsh and Joe will find. Yeah, I will. I will see Joe tomorrow, and I will tell All him right. you, tell said, him you said hi. We will always have that really painful game one. Oh, <laughs> Lost against the Bucks while we stood in Raptors Square like idiots. <laughs> Matthew Delavadova had more points than Kyle Lowry in that game. God damn it, man. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, just, we could go on forever. All right. Peace out, man. All right. Take care. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.